Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. April is the second chance month, and this week, April 26th to April 30th is reentry week. The Kansas City Municipal Court is looking to help people leaving jail who have both substance abuse and mental health challenges successfully return to the community with its new KC Second Chance reentry program. This episode was made possible by Shemekas Deli, Seberg Mufflers, KC Care, and Merck Co-op. I'm joined by Judge Corey Carter, who presides over the program. Thanks for joining me, Judge Carter. How are you today? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Abby. I'm doing just fine. Great. Good to hear. So let's start with the basics. You know, what kind of cases are usually heard in municipal court? Okay, so uh, municipal court hears a wide latitude of cases, uh, mostly minor in nature. Um, We hear um, what's called uh, general ordinance violations, which are probably the more serious of the cases that are heard in municipal court. Those are cases that are punishable by jail most often. And it ranges anywhere from um, like petty theft uh, to trespassing um, all the way up to uh, assault, uh, minor assaults. You know, uh, obviously, the more serious natures where people are really injured in assaults and stuff, those are all um, cases that the that are heard at the state level and not the municipal level. Sure. And so for the past month, the KC Second Chance program has been asking the public to answer the question, what does reentry mean to them? Um, and you've been doing this on your social media and everything through the court and through the city. What responses have you seen over this past month? Absolutely. So when we're talking about legal slash ordinary definition of reentry, we're talking about a process by which people who have been incarcerated um, and presumably have uh, served a, um, a portion of their uh, sentence uh, that had been imposed, um, arguably um, uh, partially served their debt to the community uh, due to be released. Um, are thereby released with uh, community support in place, uh, obviously for this specific program for people with co-occurring disorders. So people that uh, have both mental health and a substance use uh, disorder, often the two go hand in hand. Um, And, you know, obviously the overarching goal of the program is to reduce recidivism uh, because without that um, structured support, on the way are being released or reintegrated back into the community, there is a high likelihood of reoffending and um, revisiting the whole process all over again. So uh, the reentry program um, is looking for ways to, it's seeking to assist in transitioning people from an incarceration setting. A lot of times when you're incarcerated, we all know, um, that if you had something before you went on, before you became incarcerated, like as far as housing, car, uh, maybe some personal possessions, um, you know, on the way out, chances are those things are no longer uh, uh, available to you. That's not always the case, but it's 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 common enough to be to warrant um, a program like this addressing uh, that situation. Uh, so. You know, that's that's what the, the goal is. The goal is to offer support in those areas of mental health and substance use, offer emergency housing 
because that's that's a, a huge component. Um, you know, when you think about stability, well, um, it's really tough to have stability in your life if you don't have a if you don't have housing. And so, uh, when you come out, oftentimes, even if you're, you know, if you miss rent for thirty days, you know what happens. You know, if you miss <laughs> for two two months, you know. Um, you probably don't have a place to come back to. And so you're getting started. If you had a job, um, you know, it's not uncommon for people to, if you had a job before, uh, then you probably don't have one uh, upon being released from incarceration. And so you got to start all over. And if the goal is to reduce the rate of recidivism for those people who are wanting to make a change in their life, because this is all this is voluntary. You know, if they're wanting to make a change in their life, then, you know, uh, I think as a community, uh, it's important for us to circle around the idea of offering that support when people are ready for it. Um, that way, if they want to make a change, they actually have a true opportunity to execute that change in their life. Bonita Jones, public information officer for the Kansas City, Missouri Municipal Court, said their re-entry program is a fledgling program, just getting started literally within the last couple months. The court thought this was a great opportunity to announce the program and let people know that it was getting up and running. In doing that, they took the pattern of the National Reentry Resource Center and what they're doing by asking people, what does re-entry mean to you? The court got a lot of positive responses on their Facebook page, lots of likes and shares. Some of the responses that the National Reentry Resource Center got were, this makes me so happy. People are saying to them that reentry means up, 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 and no looking back. Those interested in sharing what reentry means to them or reading more responses from around the country can follow the hashtag reentrymatters and hashtag reentryweek21. Benita said that this can help people learn more about not just the courts program, but also the concept of getting people ready to re-enter the community. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armour Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome to the table. The Merck Co-op is a grocery store owned by your neighbors and you if you choose. Unlike corporate chains, Merck Co-op is totally independent and owned by the community members who shop here. Merck Co-op, your community-owned grocery store and so much more. Stop in today at 501 Minnesota Avenue in Kansas City, Kansas, or see our weekly ad in the Northeast News. KC Care Health Center cares for more than 19,000 underserved and uninsured Kansas City residents. This year, KC Care celebrates 50 years of providing compassionate, patient-centered health care to everyone who needs it. Learn more about KC Care at kccare.org. KC Care, the heart of community health care. And now back to the newscast. So just to clarify, as far as municipal court sentences, like what's the usual time on those? Is it, you know, like you were saying, a week or a couple months, as long as a year? 
the range of punishment for a municipal ordinance violation, most municipal ordinance violations, there's a few exceptions, is up to a $500 fine uh, and also, and or up to six months in jail. So the maximum on any given offense is 180 days. Um, and you can be sentenced as little as one day up to 180 days and everything in between. Yeah, thank you. I think that makes a lot of difference. Like you were saying earlier, um, so much can change in just a few weeks of somebody being away from their job or their home or their, you know, just being out of their life for that amount of time. So there's been a lot of discussion lately about, you know, those who are trying to re-enter society not being set up for success. So can you name some of the specific ways that this program is looking to change that? Yes, I can state that uh, specifically with this particular uh, program and the grant funding uh, stipulations uh, that comes with the grant funding, uh, this is uh, targeting uh, those with co-occurring disorders. So uh, that again, that's mental health and substance use. Um, a lot of times um, uh, folks that are in that position when we receive them, um, I'm not saying all of them are unemployed, and lack uh, stable housing, but a good majority of them do. And um, in the current state uh, that they come into the criminal justice process um, is a very unstable uh, state. And uh, this is an opportunity uh, generally, you know, if you're when you're incarcerated, you don't have access to illicit substances. Um, and and so that portion of the co-occurring uh, disorder kind of uh, it, it gives people a, an opportunity to be a little bit clearer in their thoughts and in their mind, even though they're still dealing with the underlying mental health issues and our disorder, I should say, or concerns. Um, and so that is an opportunity to approach that individual with uh, a plan, a plan um, that you work towards. It starts from the time that you're incarcerated with being seen by a qualified mental health professional with a screening. Um, that way, if you weren't previously diagnosed, uh, they can establish a formal diagnosis, medical diagnosis, so that you can get access to the appropriate treatment. If you are out on the street and you don't have stable housing, you have no connections to any uh, healthcare providers. You know, you're on your own. And this is an opportunity to connect those individuals in that uh, very vulnerable position with those much needed resources uh, in hopes that uh, for maybe the first time, second time, I, I don't know, but, um, and it does not matter, it's irrelevant but at this point in their life, connecting them with resources to promote stability in their life so that they can have a true opportunity to make a change. So what this program is doing is kind of carrying on some of those mental health services and you know, maybe addiction services that um, you know, the issues are brought up while they're incarcerated, whether that's from the evaluation or otherwise being monitored and continuing them on a positive track. So would you say, you know, before this program got started, was that kind of a disconnect? Was, you know, they got started, but then they got out and they went back to their old ways? 
I would say that that's um, that's true. I say that I would say that that is a true statement. Um, I would say that um, this is a transitioning process, um, and um, they they have the opportunity under this program. You know, they would still be serving. Uh, arguably, they'd still be serving a sentence if they got 180 days. They would still be serving that time. The only difference would be that after uh, a screening, assessment, approval, and um, a period of observation with uh, medication compliance, if that's a factor, um, then they would be transitioned uh, back out into the community with, you know, uh, whatever uh, appropriate support that they needed, including, you know, emergency, you know, housing. And uh, the grant allows for all of this uh, to occur. And then when they're on the outside, of course, you know, you have obviously more freedom and they are reintegrating you into the community and connecting you with community-based resources. Because there are a lot of good uh, service providers in this community. We are very blessed to have, you know, the number of uh, people who care and the services that they offer, um, you know, throughout our city. The problem is, is that if you don't know or have a connection to any of those community-based resources, you don't know how to access them. And, and so this is sort of a bridge, if you will, from incarceration um, to community-based resources with the hopes that um, in the future, should you have a mental health crisis or a substance abuse crisis, you know who to call and who to talk to and who to connect with um, to help assist you with your situation. And you don't have to, you know, go as far as to find yourself uh, back in violation of the law and back in front, back in the court system. Sure. Um, so this grant you keep mentioning was a $750,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Justice Bureau of Justice Assistance. Uh, do you think spending this amount now in this way will save taxpayers money in the long run? Absolutely. I mean, one of the um, things that people often miss out in the uh, general community is how expensive incarceration is um, and how expensive it is to offer these types of services as well within an incarceration type setting. And then there's also all types of uh, certain types of obstacles uh, in doing that, even if you had the resources to do it, to do it effectively. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is that everyone, I mean, as we stated, the range of punishments up to 180 days and everyone's going to get out at some point in time. Um, and it's probably, it's going to be sooner rather than later. And so it's just sort of, it's uh, looking at it from that standpoint, uh, it is more efficient because again, there are a lot of community uh, services and community-based resources that are already receiving funding to help folks that are in this position, you know? Um, so that is coming of no cost um, uh, to the community. You know, when they're incarcerated, that comes at a, a pretty, pretty steep cost. Tell me more about your partnership with Truman Medical Center to provide this, you know, treatment service in this way. Okay, so Ms. Tony showed uh, she is our uh, project case manager. So uh, she is our liaison 
between the court and and Truman and the individual. So she makes sure that uh, the people that do participate um, in the Second Chance program, you know, get connected to Truman and Truman Services. Truman does what they do best, which is the, you know, the mental health, and they do have a substance use uh, component as well. Um, and they will have their own, they have their own case manager assigned to this project to assist individuals coming in on how to navigate their services, which of course are available outside of this program, uh, even when the person has completed uh, their time. And so that perpetually could go on and that relationship could extend into the future, which is the, the whole purpose. Tony Schott works for the court and is responsible for case management and probation referral. She works with Truman Medical Center's behavioral health, mental health, and substance use services. With Truman's experience in those areas, she relies on them to do the mental health and substance abuse screenings to assist the individuals with staying on track and remaining compliant with their treatment plans. Their main goal on this is to connect the co-occurring individuals to long-term treatment plans, Tony said. If before they entered the system, they didn't have access to resources or didn't know about them, then when they come through the program, Tony's main objective is to connect them with community resources so they don't have to see them again in court for trespassing, stealing, or other things to land them back in front of the judge. She connects them to food pantries, mental health facilities, assistance with affording prescription drugs, and helps them get more connected and be more well-rounded individuals. Um, so do you see rehabilitation as a core responsibility of corrections? I mean, is it the hope of judges in your position that after people have served their time that, you know, you won't have to see them again? That's absolutely the point. And why the focus on this, you know, substance abuse and mental health challenges, those in combination, is that just a starting point or is that going to be the main focus of this project carrying forward? Um, I would say a little bit of both. It is the, the starting point um, and it's significant because uh, through uh, history uh, with uh, of the court and the inmate population, the folks that fall into this category uh, have a tendency to spend the most time in jail and also have a tendency, the highest rate of recidivism. So it makes sense to try to, you know, approach uh, this popular, this type of individual first. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the program or, you know, re-entry in general that people should know? Um, that it just makes sense. Um, you know, it's just smart justice. And, you know, we all know, again, that folks at some point in time will be released back into the community and you need to ask yourselves, how do you envision that release? And, um, uh, you know, what are your expectations as far as recidivism if uh, those, uh, the, the structure of a program like this is not in place? And that was Judge Corey Carter, Benita Jones and Tony Schott from the Kansas City Municipal Court. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you once again to our sponsors, Shemekas Deli, Seberg Mufflers, Casey Care, and Merck Co-op. All of our Northeast Newscast episodes, articles, and more can be found at northeastnews.net.